This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. This week on React Podcast, we sit with Jameson Dance to talk about the parts of programming that are distinctly non-technical. We talk about the perfect TLD, working with a team, finding psychological safety, the organization of React Rally, and how to recycle batteries. Jameson is the co-host of the fantastic podcast, Soft Skills Engineering, where he and Dave Smith answer non-technical questions from technical people every week. It's a great show that I highly recommend. Check it out at softskills.audio. This week is sponsored by one of my favorite sponsors, G2i. G2i is a hiring platform for remote developers devoted exclusively to React and React Native. Some developers are generalists, and that's great for them. But if you're listening to this show, you're probably not. You found a perfect hammer in React, and you're looking for nails. To find React opportunities, you could join an agency or consultancy and hope to land on a React project, but you'll likely end up patching WordPress or updating Drupal plugins. Not so with G2i. G2i only works on React and React native projects. That is it. Beyond that, they do their level best to match you with projects that showcase your unique skill sets. Great with Redux? You got it. Prefer Apollo? No problem. Great with style components? Let's do this. Check out G2i today and get matched with React roles that are fully remote at companies who are serious about quality engineering. Go to g2i.co and click the For Developers link to discover opportunities today. G2i, we vet, you hire, it's that simple. Jameson Dance, welcome to React Podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm super happy to have you on. I think I've been bugging you for maybe since React Rally last year. I'm looking through my DMs and there's definitely, there's some history here. <laughs> some of it related to that. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> 2017, 2017. So um, just what are you up to now? What's the, what's the now on Jameson Dance? So I work as an engineering manager for Walmart Labs. I run the React Rally conference together with my good buddy, Matt Zabriskie. I also help out with React Conf. That's, that's kind of the stuff that's most relevant to this audience probably. And then I also do a podcast called Soft Skills Engineering. And I don't know if that's cool or not to mention a podcast while I'm on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than cool. I, I, I want to talk to you about that show for sure. Okay. <laughs> We're friends, not competitors. <laughs> not competitors. As long as people are being helped, that's all that matters. Yeah. So this, like something that we talk about a lot on this show is kind of uh, domain acquisition and addiction. Um, how happy were you to get Jameson.dance? I mean, not everyone oh, has man. their last name as a TLD. I I don't know how I lived before I had it, but <laughs> it's, it's life-changing just because... It's my email address. So now I get to send emails from hi at jameson.dance. And every time I type that in some stupid like power company login form, it just makes my day better. <laughs> it was actually a guy, uh, I have to look up his name. Give me one second and I'll find you his name. But he just messaged me and was like, hey, you know, dot dance is a TLD, right? And that changed my life for the better. Now, is that uh, is that an expensive TLD? Was that or, or is that? I, it was like twenty bucks or something. Oh, it wasn't nice. expensive, dude. That pays for itself in happiness. 
every day. <laughs> it does. I spend 20 bucks on stuff that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great investment. So tell me about soft skills engineering. What are you uh, what topics are you tackling on that show? Yeah, so I do that show with a good buddy of mine named Dave Smith and like the tagline is it's uh it takes more than great code to be a great engineer. So it's kind of about it's it's sort of like an advice column turned into a podcast, but about everything except the technical parts of software development. So we don't dig into frameworks and technology and, and the, the kind of details of writing code. It's more like my coworkers' feet smell real bad. Like, <laughs> what do I do? And And there's a lot of hard problems in code and in technology, but so many of the stuff that causes... Uh, so many of the things that cause stress and and unhappiness in life and in work is not because like you're on, I don't know, ES3 instead of ES6 JavaScript. It's like your boss is pushing you to reach some deadline and you're struggling with that balance or something. So I feel like the, the, the tech domain is pretty well covered and we didn't feel like there was a ton of stuff covering this aspect of it, I guess, kind of the mm-hmm. career and life skills part of it. Um, and it's mostly an excuse to talk to Dave once a week because yeah. I think he's rad. Good life goal. Do you have a theme that kind of comes up more often than not in the questions that you receive? A lot of questions are kind of, how do I get my first job? And uh, we we often don't handle those very well because <laughs> we feel like, oh, geez, my headphone batteries. I thought I solved this problem. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm smart and you should trust me. And also I can't tell... The charged batteries from the uncharged <laughs> ones. Now I've got my creds established. Are you supposed to recycle batteries? Um, I usually just crumble them up into dust and then put it in my protein powder. <laughs> I hope that the energy flows into my body. <laughs> did Did you kickstart a project for, for for that, or where where can I get one of those battery crushers? Uh, just bare hands mostly <laughs> so <it's, laughs> i'll come over and crush some batteries for you <laughs> sounds like i have kind of like a chicken egg problem like yeah wait like you, how many batteries do i need to consume before i have enough strength so to, i gotta eat them raw first yeah, and then i, I can get up to the <laughs> <laughs> i think the key is it's kind of like sword swallowing you just open your throat and like drop them in there just a leap of faith one day you go <laughs> yeah uh so you were talking about um, yeah i'm I'm totally confused about what I was talking about before my headphone battery. We were talking died. about uh, some of the challenges that that um, newcomers to engineering face, and how uh, sometimes you don't cover that well on uh, soft skills engineering, and why that might be. I think it, yeah. So Dave and I both went to school for computer science, and more and more I'm finding that's not the common path into the field, which is awesome. Um, there should be more paths into programming than just going to school for computer science, but. The problem is there's kind of a pipeline if you get a CS degree. Mm. That's one of the main values. It, it costs a ton of money and time and opportunity cost and, and actual money too. <laughs> but if you do it, there is kind of like you, you just get on this water slide that ends up at a job of some kind for most people. And in my experience talking with people that go through other paths, it's always a miracle. There's always a miracle somewhere in everyone's career. It's like <laughs> right. I was walking down the street and I tripped and my calculator fell out of my pocket and then it landed in front of this person who owns a dev shop and the, and it pressed the button so that the calculator game I wrote appeared and they were like, "Oh, you know how to program." Like, we're hiring somebody. It's it's never like 
yeah, I, I went to this boot camp and then I graduated and then I applied at a bunch of places and, and some place offered me a job. Like that's, I'm sure that happens to some people, but um, it, I, I don't, I don't know of systemic, like repeatable advice to get people their first career or their first position in a career. So we get that question a lot and I don't feel very qualified to answer it, I guess. Cause yeah, that's interesting. Now, so you're kind of like a, there's not many of you in our field, really, in this like kind of front end space, people with a CS degree. Now, I know I'm kind of oversimplifying your career, but given the kind of focus of of, of React and, uh, you know, React sure. Rally and all those kind of things, I'm kind of diminishing, uh, you know, some of your career. But I feel like there's not a lot of computer science degrees in the front end space. Do, do you feel like that's an over generalization or is that? Uh... I don't know. I haven't thought about that before. I I think that seems right. Just if I check my like gut meter, <laughs> um, yeah, I I could kind of see that. It seems like you guys might be kind of like a rare breed in the the, the front end space because I know that personally I am am not. I, I was definitely one of those people who kind of like came in on a on a miracle or yeah. more specifically just. Uh, came in for free and was willing to do whatever it took <laughs> yeah see there's always a story it's not like i applied and got a job so th- there, there's a story which is awesome but also it, it's i wish it were easy you know yeah 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 now what did your career path look like with a cs degree because that's foreign to me so i uh i didn't write any code before i was 21 and I, I was living in Brazil for a couple of years and I had a friend who said, hey, you should look at programming. And I have never asked him why he said that, <laughs> um, but I really liked him and I trusted him. And I came home and I took a computer science to, uh, class at, at college and I loved it. And I was the dumb kid in the class. Everyone else, I'm sure this wasn't reality, but it felt like everyone else was sitting on their laptops playing StarCraft just like rolling their eyes while somebody explained the the basics of Java. And I was enthralled and also kind of like crushed under the weight of <laughs> learning this stuff. <laughs> but but it was fascinating. And then I kind of just went through the program from there. Um, as part of that, I got a job in the computer science department at the school I was attending as a webmaster. And um I probably shouldn't have, like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but it, it, uh, I, I think they were kind of used to taking in students and, and kind of teaching them some skills. And I worked with a, a person who was very bright and a very good teacher and helped me learn a lot more about the kind of practice of programming as opposed to the problems you do to pass a CS class. Uh, and then from there, I just did a couple more, um, mixes of part-time on-campus jobs and then met a classmate who was working at a local startup and then uh, took a full-time job there and, and then kind of started from there. Um, but it, it did feel like there were a lot of different opportunities and choices once I got a couple years into the program. Of I, I saw a lot of people who had kind of the same amount of experience getting these part-time jobs or full-time internships or whatever. And there, there were a lot of things to pick from. And I didn't really know. It's kind of weird that that decisions I made back then affected my career because I didn't I didn't know anything I didn't know what I was yeah. getting into but I just kind of flailed wildly and ended up somewhere that feels pretty good what got you excited about the the web and specifically the uh, the, the front-end user interface space um I think it was the 
the feeling of being able to make something that felt immediate. So mm. um, immediate and, and maybe more externally valuable than uh, some kind of backend infrastructure or operating systems or all the other domains of programming. It's, it's much easier to make something and turn around and show it to someone who isn't necessarily technical and have them feel like, oh, this is cool. Um, I, I took a class, it was called IT something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was basically like two weeks of a bunch of different technologies. And, and one chunk of the two weeks was web programming kind of server side. We did some PHP and then another chunk was front end and it was HTML and, and CSS and JavaScript. And I feel like that was the most fun I ever had at school was, was just sitting down and making something and being able to tweak it and see it change and evolve while I was doing that. And uh, I guess I felt like it didn't count as much if I if I couldn't see it move a button around on the page or something. I don't know. Something about that that feedback loop felt really satisfying. So I want to talk to you about kind of the the transition of I guess going from developer to manager, but sure. particularly related to soft skills. So this is something that you um, when did you transition into management? It kind of depends on how you look at it. So I worked at a startup. And there's this thing that happens at startups sometimes where they get to a certain size and someone says, hey, we need a manager. <laughs> and it's everyone's 23 and no one knows what they're doing. So you just kind of play the nose game. Yeah. And and if no one really wants to do it, it, it kind of just happens, I guess. And, and it happened to me. Um, and I did a bad job, but I still liked it. I had no idea what I was doing, but also no one else knew what they were doing. So mm -hmm. it kind of felt like only in hindsight did I realize I was terrible. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like people uh, gave me negative feedback. It was just I just didn't didn't provide very much value. But I did enjoy um, the feeling of being able to think about how teams should work instead of just how this code or feature or technical piece should work. And I kind of moved away from it over the next few years, but I remember it, it felt like that was always a thing I enjoyed and contributed to as an individual contributor was um, I'll kind of get my tasks done and, and I'll be reasonably competent at the technical pieces, but also I'll think more about how this affects our users and how we can change practices on the team and, and kind of how we can make this a better environment for everyone to, to produce good stuff instead of just how do I produce my best stuff? And yeah. that is very satisfying for me, kind of even more than just me of myself making something cool. Mm -hmm. Now, how much do you feel like those interests, like kind of thinking about like kind of the broader development lifecycle and team and relationships and kind of how users play into that and all of that, um, are management skills versus things that everyone should be thinking about, like that all of the... ICs should be uh, mindful of. And I guess that kind of plays into another question regarding soft skills, which is, do you see soft skills as something that everyone needs to kind of have? Like it's an immutable set of skills that people should be developing? Or is it kind of like a continuum of, you know, if you're you're more on that IC side and you, you really like it there, um, maybe soft skills aren't as important. But if you want to be a manager, they're critically important and you should mm. be really like identifying problems and thinking in that space all the time. I know that's like a big mush of, of yeah. things, but 
I have the memory of a goldfish, so I forgot your first question already. So I'll answer your second one, and then you can you can remind me of the first one, maybe. So you ask, do I basically do I think everyone needs to focus on these skills, or is it more important as you move into uh, working more with people and teams? Is that kind of a good summary? Yeah, and then specifically specifically management. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're important for everyone, and I think there's. There's probably like a sliding scale of technical skill versus interpersonal skill where if if you're if you're high enough on the technical skill level, you might be able to get away with some things that you wouldn't be able to if you weren't as technically talented. But I I've worked with people like that and I've still found it miserable no matter yeah. how good they were. Um, so I, I imagine there's places for them somewhere, though, where you just kind of lock them in a room and slide a piece of paper under the door that says, here's what we want. And then in like three months, you get back something great. Um, It might not be what you wanted because you didn't talk for three months, but whatever it is, it'll be great. Uh, I think everyone needs them. And I think they are, as, as an individual contributor, they amplify your ability to do bigger work. So you Hmm. might, you might still be writing uh, code on a team and that might be your primary output, but as you get more senior in your career, you spend a lot more time um, collaborating and talking with other people and just doing bigger projects. There's there's just an upper bound to how much you can do by yourself uh, alone without talking to anyone else. So I think it can make your code more impactful um, if you are good at talking to people and understanding what their problems are. And and uh, I mean, so many of the problems that I that I see at my current job and at previous jobs are not technical. Like two people disagree about the right solution. Um, and if they are good at interpersonal and communication skills, then they can come to a, a quick agreement. And if they're not, it can just fester for months. And, and like, it doesn't matter how good they are at writing code. If they both disagree and they need to come to some agreement, it, it's stuck. And so I, I think they're, they're definitely super important, especially as you get more senior uh, and then even more super important, I guess, as <laughs> if, if you're a manager, um, because then you have to kind of like lend them to other people sometimes mm-hmm. where, um, you're, you're smoothing problems out. And I think that's harder than just solving your own problems, I guess, where, where you'll be, you'll be helping people deal with these tricky situations instead of you doing it yourself. And then there's this, there's like two layers of your own skills in dealing with your your teammate that you're trying to help and also your skills to kind of influence them to do something helpful. It'd be easier to just kind of go in and solve everything yourself, but it's harder to work productively through them to help them solve it. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. No, no, no. So in your experience as a manager now, have you been surprised at how many of many productivity problems come down to uh, interpersonal communication or maybe someone uh, stonewalling or all of these yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, I think all of the biggest failures I've seen have been because of those problems. Um, I can think of one example that happened a couple of years ago where uh, I came into a team and the team was full of talented people and there was one person on the team that had some pretty specialized domain knowledge and was also just really hard to get along with, really hard to communicate with, was very irritable and kind of kind of bristly and, and just 
everyone else on the team was very conflict averse and nice and and these two personality types just didn't mix i could see it working if everyone was kind of like screw you your pull request is bad like no way yours is bad and and they just kind of <laughs> fought their way to productivity but but that wasn't the dynamic on this team and the way they responded was by routing around this person hmm. and just talking to them as little as possible and that's not very effective if uh they're the domain expert on, on a pretty sure. important project. So so like nothing happened on, on this project. Everything was slow because the root of it was people didn't want to interact with this person. Um, and, and they ended up transferring to a different team. And it was like watching them blossom where they, they kind of came out of their defensive crouch that they had entered over the years of mm-hmm. just this is how life is here and how it how it has to be dealing with this person. And uh, they got way more done just in terms of how much stuff they shipped, but also the amount of care they were able to bring to solving the problems went up because it suddenly became a much safer place to talk about ideas without feeling like you were going to get shot down or insulted. And then uh, it turns out you come up with better ideas if you can say, hey, well, should we try this thing and talk through it honestly and give feedback but not feel hurt when you give it or receive it. So that's that was kind of a broad thing. Um, I've seen I've definitely seen projects fail where it was just just people could not get along and, and that made it take forever. And then yeah. the way it resolved is there's sometimes a there's a window where a project is useful. And if it doesn't get done in that window, then you just say, okay, time to go to the next thing. And <laughs> sorry about all that work, but it just didn't happen. So I've seen that happen a few times too. What do you recommend to people who find themselves on a hostile team and really want to you know, have their opinion heard for kind of, at least for discussion for the benefit of the product, um, but feel really concerned that it will be interpreted as hostile or yeah uh, or or maybe even embarrassed to bring it up kind of like you mentioned um oh man people are like too ashamed to bring up an idea that might actually be good i have not solved this ever for myself or a team while the team has remained hostile the the only thing i've seen work is to change the team so it isn't like that anymore um and i don't this is a hard question. I don't know how you would do that as a, as an individual on the team um, with without kind of explicit authority to decide how stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the default advice is to not work on that team anymore. <laughs> uh, that's that's not universally applicable. Not everyone can just quit their job and go get a different one. Um, but if if you feel like your team is hostile, like that's who you work with every day, and that would drive me crazy and miserable. And it has in the past. And I don't work in that environment anymore because of that. Um, and now you're working to make those environments better. Yeah, and it's it's much different. It's still hard, but it's much different when you when you have some explicit authority to influence the culture and yeah, and influence who's on the team and and what behaviors are rewarded and um, give feedback and and that kind of thing. But I don't know, man. What do you think? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm here in uh, IC land. I don't. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what you're talking about, right? So, so yeah, yeah. if you're in IC and your team is is hostile, like I could tell you what I would do, which is I would be a bad employee. I would just not contribute very much and put my head down because I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm conflict averse as well, 
and I don't do well in environments where people think I'm stupid and like don't want to hear from me. I, I yeah, I, I want to work with people that are interested in talking through stuff and working together. And and if I feel like they're not, then I just I just kind of wilt. Yeah, I you Doesn't know sound it's like a good solution though. Yeah, I I feel like I'm kind of the same way, or I oscillate between. Uh, like wilting or just being super aggressive okay just way over the (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of anyone's best guess like what's gonna happen which is not which has been detrimental to to my career honestly Hmm. and i uh i guess yeah i guess i was hoping that you you might have some kind of like magic bullet um but but it sounds like this is just kind of like the unanswerable question it's hard man i i don't know i'm sure there's an answer out there um and if you're good enough at editing, maybe you can make it sound like <laughs> I've said the right answer. Uh, I, I, so I, are you saying like the team overall feels like this, where where that's just the the default is people kind of criticize each other uh, unproductively? Yeah, I think I think something that I've I, I've just heard a lot about is like people. I think particularly now, and I think this is an this is interesting that you're kind of like at the intersection of of management and the um you know that soft skills podcast but then also being in the react space where there's a lot of people who are kind of like entering their career mm-hmm. like via react and in user interface mm-hmm. um that it feels like we're at a time right now where there are a lot of overlapping skills and you know so even even react and we're we're moving pieces closer together where there used to be kind of like a wall and it's like back end and front end like now those pieces are getting closer and closer together and it feels like we're having to collaborate more than we ever have and for a lot of people you know they don't know that like they don't have enough confidence in their career yet and their abilities yeah. to to kind of like raise up those discussions or know that like a hostile environment is actually a hostile environment and not a healthy one. Yeah, if, if that's just what work is like for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it seems like more than ever having a, a an understanding manager or like seeking one of those people out is is more important than ever for your career to be able to, you know, raise a flag and say, hey, like, is this normal? Like, is this kind of a dysfunctional team? Should I move somewhere else in order to progress my career forward um, in like a healthy way? Um, being able to like have that discussion with the manager, um, I think has been really critical for me. Yeah. And I imagine um, really important for you to be able to have that high level perspective to be able to say like, you know what, actually, maybe this team isn't right for you. Like, yeah, maybe try this one out because they, they're better suited to handle you and your career at this point in it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think while you were talking, I was also thinking more about the original question. And I feel like I would, if I were going to try to change the culture, it would have to be, we've talked around this a lot, but there's this concept of psychological safety mm. um, where, where basically you feel safe to express your opinions and also kind of be yourself on your team. And And what you're describing sounds like a lack of that. And I feel like I, I would I would maybe try to approach that directly. It's very possible that these people don't feel like they're being rude or, or mean or unkind or anything. They're just like, just all about the code and I'm I'm gonna criticize yeah. it if I see <laughs> that it's wrong. And and I think <laughs> you could try to share your opinion with them about what makes it easier for you to be productive. Um where you wanna feel like you work in an environment of trust where you might not know everything, but um you're trusted at least to be trying to do good things. And, and if someone just 
tears into you, uh, that's not an effective way to criticize or correct someone. And, and it, it shows a lack of trust. So I, I would, I guess I would, I don't know how I would describe that, but I would try and address it as, as like a thing that makes it easier for you to work together because it's possible that they don't consider it to be a problem even. And, and yeah, it might be worth addressing before you just say, this isn't for me. Cause maybe it'll get better. Mm-hmm. Do you have tools that you use for your teams to kind of address and foster emotional, emotional or psychological uh, safety? Yeah, we have a couple things. One is just standard agile retro stuff. There's a lot of ways to do it, but the way we do it emphasizes talking about things that didn't go well and um, people sharing their own mistakes. Hmm. And that's pretty powerful. If you see someone who's well-respected on the team, who's very productive, very smart, has a track record of delivering, say, I did this thing wrong and, and it cost us this much time and it caused this other problem. And like that makes it clear that we're not trying to pretend like we know everything and don't screw up. Yeah. Um, another thing is, uh, I mean, it sounds dumb, but I, I wrote down these engineering values for our team. Well, we, we worked together to define them and, and we talked about it and we decided that safety would be on there. And so we talk about it in one-on-ones and onboarding when new people join. That's kind of trying to explicitly set the culture um, and, and clarify what's important. And um, uh, how do I put it? culture that uh, behaviors that get rewarded get it uh, happen more you get more of them mm. i guess yeah yeah <laughs> so so um one free reward as a manager or even as an individual con- individual contributor is just praise if you see something that you like and that you want to see more of say hey thank you for doing that great job and yeah and that's really motivating if you find out the right way that people like their praise um so people get kind of embarrassed and and it can be <laughs> it can backfire a little bit but uh doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Now, another uh, community that you are managing are these conference communities. So sure. uh, React Reality specifically, and then kind of more recently, you've been um, charged with putting on the React Conf events. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into conference organization. That's a pretty big leap from programmer. Yeah, it's uh, hubris. That's the root of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd spoken at a couple conferences, I'd attended a few, and I was just so convinced I could do a better job. <laughs> just young, <laughs> dumb Jameson. Uh, it, that was part of it. There were some things that I felt like I wanted to see at a conference that I didn't see at the ones I had attended. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of it is I really like community in general. I like interacting with people about technology. Um, and it's it's really... it's. It's kind of it kind of ties into the management thing where it's it's creating an environment where people have good experiences. If you do yeah. a good job as a conference organizer, then speakers come in and they love it. Attendees come in and they love it. And people come away with uh, feeling like it was a valuable use of their time. And and it's so satisfying to me to see conversations happening just kind of in the hallways of a conference or see people talk afterwards about how they met some they, they, they met somebody at the at the conference they attended and they're collaborating now or this cool idea came out of it. Um, so I think I wanted to see that too. I was volunteering at a local JavaScript conference. And so that was kind of a, a gentle introduction to the world of organization where I didn't have any money on the line and, mm-hmm. and I still got to see a little bit about how it worked. And, and then, uh, react came out. It was, um, not immediately well-received, but eventually <laughs> well-received. And there's this thing that is pretty well established now, but I hadn't quite 
caught on to it then, which is every time a new technology comes out, this ecosystem spins up around it of like conferences and yeah. training and podcasts as, as we are doing now. And there wasn't a React conference yet. Uh, and there was a Twitter thread of people saying, hey, like, should we do a React conference? And um, Matt Zubrisky and I both talked in that thread and said, hey, we'd, we'd love to help out. And then everyone else kind of left. And Matt and I looked at each other and we're like, hey, I've <laughs> I've seen you in person once before and we both live in Utah. Like, let's do it. Uh, and then we we talked to another friend who'd put on some conferences to give us um, some advice about what to do and not do and, and went from there. And the first year was small, but we loved it and people seemed to have a good experience. And then we've benefited a, a ton from the growth of the React community where like we started relatively early and and people seem to have a good time. And so it's kind of grown organically there. And I should say there's a ton of great conferences in the React community. I don't think like we're this unique special snowflake of the people doing it right and everyone else is doing it wrong. There's a bunch of good stuff going on, but it's fun to be a part of that. Well, I think a lot of people love React Rally. There's a there's a spirit at React Rally that that people really uh, like kind of sink into and identify with. Um, is that is that something that you had in mind, or is that something you were kind of surprised by? Um, we didn't have in mind that people would love it. <laughs> I mean, we hoped they would like it, but we weren't like everyone's going to love this conference. And uh, but but we did have a theme in mind, I guess, or a, or a feeling in mind, which was we wanted it to be relatively small. We wanted it to be um, both welcoming and close knit, so you could mm -hmm. get to know people there. Um, and we wanted to, we wanted it to break down the, um, the like tech celeb vibe that you get sometimes where, uh, yeah, there's the famous rock stars and then there's like the peons <laughs> that worship them. And, um, so, so, uh, and we wanted it to be a, um, I guess an influence for positive in the react community in, in a bunch of ways, mm -hmm. but, but especially in, uh, encouraging and promoting diversity of the community. Um, and I, we've certainly made mistakes, but I think we've, we've achieved our main goals, which, uh, feels really good. Yeah. Well, I know specifically for me, it's, it's, I love going and it's for all the reasons that you mentioned, it just feels very, very warm, uh, you know, as a, as a speaker and then both as a like participant in the audience, I feel like mm -hmm. it's always been a very warm conference thank you you know sometimes as a speaker you can feel a little like hostile with the audience and i feel mm. like this has always been a like we are here for you we uh, are super excited to hear you talk yeah and um that is so amazing and so comforting as a as a speaker um but even just like kind of in the hallways like everyone just seems like warm and happy and like in this like in a good zone and i imagine that that had to be uh, like a big goal for you because that, that doesn't just happen on accident. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have like conference imposter syndrome. I, I look at stuff like JSConf EU and then think I'm just like a little worm crawling in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> they, there's so many people that do awesome stuff, but I, I do think some of that vibe just comes from, um, I didn't know Matt very well before we started React Rally. And it turns out like we started a business together accidentally. And like our, we've spent many thousands of hours of our lives together because of this. <laughs> and I'm glad it worked out. And <laughs> we, I got pretty lucky because he's rad. But we, we share a lot of those values of wanting it to be welcoming and, and warm and, and not 
ego driven uh and um like for example you mentioned it it feeling good for the speakers that's part of why it's a single track conference because we've spoken at multi-track conferences and it's this weird competition where you're like yeah um i am less famous than this person speaking <laughs> at the same time as me so i guess there'll be 20 people in my talk and <laughs> good good thing i put 100 hours into this like uh it, it just feels bad as a speaker in unless you're um unless you win you know yeah it's this yeah. weird competitive feeling and i don't like that i remember the first conference talk i had ever given was a, at a multi-track conference and i was talking with someone about their talk and he was like oh yeah but you know like uh you know you won't no one will see it because i'm on at the same time as sandy metz yeah i was like <laughs> that sucks but it, yeah it's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh I mean, I get it. Like Sandy Metz is great. I've seen her talks and I would go yeah. to them again. She's fantastic. But also um, it it it's more about curating an experience for the attendees when there's a single track. When it's multi-track, no one has the same conference because you just you, you just all go to the talks you're interested in. Yeah. And there's this weird like FOMO thing where if you're in a talk and it's not the greatest, it hasn't quite kicked in yet or, or hit you yet. There's like 10 other talks. So maybe you bounce around and turns around it turns out that when you go to five minutes of a talk you don't get anything from it so like yeah i i just i don't think it creates a good experience for it or it, it can sometimes create a bad experience for attendees i think people have great experiences still but it's it's not my jam i guess what's the thing that, the thing that you'd hoped for react rally that you're most proud of accomplishing so far hmm I don't know if I had hoped for this but maybe the thing i'm the most proud of is how many people have said it was their first conference Oh, nice. Um, and and they loved it because of that. Um, I, I like the idea of of making it easy for people to get into the community, and so it's it's nice to be someone's first uh, introduction to that kind of thing. And hopefully, we do a good job and make them want to participate more. Um, that certainly wasn't a goal, and and I think you're we weren't smart enough to have goals. <laughs> like we didn't have a plan. We were just like, we want to do a good conference in 2014 and then it turned out okay. And we kept doing it. Um, but that felt really good. What are you most looking forward to improving for 2019? Oh boy. So many things. Um, there's kind of the logistics. I, I think after doing it enough times, those have settled down a little bit. So it's, it's nice to be able to worry less about like food and venue and lighting and AV and recording and focus more on um, the extra stuff, I guess, that mm -hmm. can more deliberately shape the experience. Um, so uh, I think we want the speakers to have a better time. And um, I, I don't know if the listeners know many people that speak at conferences. I'm, I'm sure they do, but like it sitting around a bunch of speakers before they have talked you can see the stress waves like <laughs> floating off of them in the air just radiating yeah it's like stink lines in comics or something <laughs> you can just see the stress and and um we have some ideas or thoughts about what we could do to reduce that uh because it, it's just horrifyingly stressful for most people and they still do it yeah um and then uh, i think we're still working through some ideas but we we have a lot of breaks in the conference and that's to get people talking to each other in the hallways so they don't have to choose between seeing the talks and hanging out. And I think we'd still like, we, we have some kind of structured stuff going on in those, but I think we'd have, we want to do a little bit more to make it easier to uh, break the ice with people and make friends if you don't know them already. Um, 
conferences can get a little clicky sometimes. And uh, I've been on the outside a lot of groups. And, and so I like the idea of encouraging these groups to, uh, to welcome new people. So we're working on a little bit of, of uh, we're poking at some stuff to try and change that. Awesome. Now, obviously, you got something right because you are now organizing the React Conf conferences, like the 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 Facebook React official conference. How did that come about? And uh, was it kind of overwhelming last year when you took it on? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and um, so I, I'm I'm helping them. It's it's very much Facebook's deal, and and my job is to help them execute on their vision. Um, but it, it does feel like it, it feels nice that they would think we would be uh, we'd be we'd be able to do it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's Matt and I from React Rally and then and then another guy named Joe. Um, and the way it came about, I, I think the things that make the React team good at building React are not what make them good at running conferences <laughs> like they're different <laughs> sure. skill sets. And if you could take all the time it takes to run a conference and invest that into react that would I, that would go a lot further <laughs> i think their 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 thought is basically like why is the react core team running a conference um yeah other people could probably do this and and probably no one else could do the same kinds of things they're doing with the same context so i think they were looking for a little bit of help to try and make it happen or we're considering uh taking a break for a while and then um Several of them had attended React Rally and had an enjoyable experience, which felt really nice. Um, we, we React is is uh, primarily stewarded by Facebook, I guess, but React Rally um, we've tried to make it more about the community, and and so mm-hmm. uh, we haven't kind of like pestered Facebook for their stamp of approval or anything. So um, I think they just kind of came as attendees and liked it, and and a few of their employees had spoken there, but it wasn't like. The Facebook thing. So I feel like it was kind of organic that they had a good experience. They had this need where um, uh, Christopher Shadow helped a lot with the earlier React comps and and it's crazy amounts of work. And <laughs> and I think he likes being an engineer and and that same that similar thing applies to to other folks on the team, I imagine. So they, they just had a need and had a good experience and felt like um, they didn't want the same thing, but that they liked some of the things that we did i guess is is how i would put it does that make sense yeah oh absolutely i i was really pleased to to see that partnership last year because i think that you really do get so many things right from like an event perspective and creating creating an environment that is healthy for speakers and attendees and it's something that Mm -hmm. you think deeply about um and so to see that paired up with the event that you know facebook wanted to put on for react was just really cool to see those things kind of like come together and see, you know, them using that platform to kind of release new things and create new discussions and whatnot. But then, oh yeah, that was rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hooks announcement. So I, I was not on the inner circle of that. I had no idea <laughs> that, that that was coming and it was fun to be there in the audience when it happened. It, I was, I was there at uh, the react comp where they announced react native and it was, it's, it's weird to be like, hyped about tech in person like that but it's fun (laughs) you know um it's it was cool yeah it's good it feels like it it feels at least for those of us who have been in react for a while it feels very kind of like a personal version of like the the react sorry the apple keynotes that yeah yeah kind of grown up watching yeah i i imagine that 
I don't I don't know what they're thinking and I have no insight into what's coming this this conference but it seems like it'd be hard to balance like that is the expectation versus <laughs> maybe you don't have hooks every year to release you know like <laughs> right. sometimes you just do some good work and uh yeah it'll be interesting um but it's fun when it happens yeah yeah absolutely awesome well I am super excited to go to both conferences uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm excited to hang out with you i'm excited to hang out with matt you guys are yeah i've always loved that you seem um available during during that time i know there's a lot of stress going on but uh you seem very collected and uh and and into the conference and i'm always excited to see that you're you're able to enjoy it even that hooks announcement to be able to yeah been there for it is uh, not something that everyone gets to experience we're we're fans of the conference yeah. Um, there's a lot of internal screaming, though. <laughs> if you ever see someone walking very fast, <laughs> something's Hashtag going on. Hashtag silent screaming. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there anything that you would like to say to someone who's considering going to either of those conferences for the first time this year? Uh, come say hi to me if you come. I mean, we, we don't need to market, which is good because we're bad at marketing. Um, the community has grown enough that we we kind of sell enough tickets for the size we want to reach. So I'm not trying to do a sales pitch, I guess, but uh, I've met people who have become friends at the conference. I've uh, kind of had my mind blown by ideas that I heard in random hallway conversations. Um, one cool thing we do at, uh, at React Rally is we do gift cards for lunch. Um, which is great from an organizer perspective because it's cheaper than food trucks or th- sorry, than onsite catering. But also we just get to send people out and explore the city in groups. Yeah. And I think that's super fun too, where like you just kind of wander around and find a cool restaurant or maybe a terrible one. And that's, <laughs> that's cool too. If you all have this shared foxhole experience of eating like $2 burritos or whatever. And you have some great food out there. So this is a, it, it was such a brilliant idea to just send people out and be like, Hey, there's some good stuff out there find it yeah yeah it's cool it's i think people have people have some adventures which is kind of fun um so i I guess the summary is uh you will learn stuff both from the talks and from the relationships that you make there and and those are the things we're optimizing for um so come you'll enjoy it awesome well jameson thank you so much for all of the things that you do to kind of give our community the spaces that it needs to have those conversations and develop those relationships. Um, I do hope that people will come to either of those conferences. I will be at both of them. Uh, and Or I hope to be. You are the MC for React Rally as well. I- you, we should <laughs> we should announce. I guess it's, it's already announced, but don't underplay that. Yes, I will be emceeing uh, React Rally. So I'll be there hanging out with, uh, with all you people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be super fun. Come say hi to me as well. Uh, I'll just be in the back hugging Jameson when I'm on stage. So. <laughs> we'll just set up a love seat in the back. <laughs> um, yeah, and check out uh, Soft Skills Engineering because that show is amazing. I find the Thank two you. of you absolutely hilarious. It's so easy to listen to. Thanks. Um, hey, we I have intro really music it. now because of you. <laughs> I asked you where you got your intro music, and then we went to that website and got some. So, What was it? P- Pure Beats? or Premiumbeats.com. I have that burned in my head because I listened to all the sample tracks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, and thanks. big thanks to Mikhail, the uh, editor and producer of this show, because he found that it was the first one that he, he he sent over to me. I was like, yeah, like it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll listen to another fifty of them. And I was like, no, he yeah. he found the best one. Like, just 
and he sent it to me. Like, I just need to trust people more. So I played it for Dave and I was like, this is the kind of music they have here. And Dave and I immediately decided we weren't cool enough to use a track like that, but but the quality was good. So we had to find something dorkier, and we did. Nice, nice. <laughs> quality, nice. but dorky. We'll go subscribe to uh, Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and uh, and you can you can hear the quality dorky music just usher you in. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jameson. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you so much, Jameson, for your insights and for creating the greatest React conferences on Earth. Thanks also to G2i. Find React and React Native job opportunities that are fully remote and tailored to your specific skill sets. Visit g2i.co today and find your next favorite job. This episode of React Podcast was edited by Mikhail Delport. It was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson. You can find React Podcast on Spec a network to help designers and developers level up. Visit spec.fm to find other shows that will take you further in your career. Help us out by reviewing this show on iTunes. Your reviews help the show grow and help us ensure great guests and awesome content week to week. To join the discussion, visit reactpodcast.com slash chat or follow us on Twitter at React Podcast. I'm at Chantastic. To stay out of the discussion but get updates, visit reactpodcast.com slash news and sign up for emails. Thanks so much for giving us your attention. We'll be in your ears again next week. Thank you.